broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Do you notice on, on the roads that there seem to be way more people in the last like couple of weeks? Or is that just me? Say again, I'm sorry. I'm way more down. people on the roads the last couple of weeks when you're driving or just kind of... Maybe it's like just summer. Yeah. Like, it's weird, right? Because around here, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like shut down. Like, if you drove, like, really over like a year's time, mm-hmm. you went from like, you know, we're obviously right in the 95 corridor, so it's very busy around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Jacksonville, you know, by city standards, isn't terrible with traffic. You know, I yeah. mean, it's not Orlando. It's not Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it can be stressful it, it a little bit. Be, but. Yeah, I wouldn't want to sit in every day. I'm thankful yeah. that I, I work kind of off hours in that respect. But mm-hmm. uh, but then the pandemic hit, and there was like nobody on the road, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, when you'd go, when I would come into work, it'd be like nothing. Yeah. It was wild. And then, you know, as things maybe a few months later, slowly in the summertime last year kind of picked up a little bit. Uh, and then even in the fall, you could sense a little bit more, but nothing, but it was still like, if you left at, let's just say eight in the morning, I guarantee you, you saved yourself, say normal 10 minutes off your nor- normal drive. There just wasn't that many people on the road with mm-hmm. everybody working from home. And, uh, it was a few weeks ago and I was like, dang, it feels like everybody's on the road. Hmm. And I forget where we're even going. But uh, I was like, holy, it just felt like everywhere in town. And then I went, we went like an hour down south. Maybe it was for baseball or something. I think it was. It was actually, it was Winter Springs. Ty was playing down there. And it took us three hours to get to Winter Springs. It was an hour and 50-minute drive. Dang, it took us three yeah. hours to get down there. And it really wasn't even an accident or anything. It was just a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like, I don't know if it was the collision of summer Oh, it's people probably starting to come down. Disney crowds, man. And maybe some yeah. of that. So I don't know how much is what, mm-hmm. but there's totally different. And I just feel like now there's like a ton of people on the road. It, it is like back to normal and maybe even feels like it's on steroids. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> and by the way, you all stink at driving. Oh, I mean, it's Florida, Brent. Come on now. I've seen so. Come I, on it's now. like they, It's like they've been buttoned up and here we go. I mean, you got to like man. weave in and out. I, t- I said this to Steph that is like, you know, People going fast don't bother me at all. Like it's if you're going fast on like a straight line and you're keeping up with traffic or even if you're a little faster than those, that doesn't bother me. If I was a cop, I would be waiting to pull over the people that weave in and out of traffic. Mm. Those yeah. are the people that are dangerous, man. They Not make me sure. nervous as heck because I'm just waiting for something to clip. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and around here, it's you know that that could you clip around here in heavy times. Look out. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I'm a good driver. Don't we all say that? Flex. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like no one says they're a horrible driver That's and right. admit it. Yeah. yeah, nobody admits it. Yeah. Now, I feel like I'm, I'd am i be in the upper, above average category of driving. I'm Flex. not here to say I don't have my moments. Everybody has some moments. What do you but, mean moments? I don't know. I mean, just moments that are like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have got over there. Or, okay. you know, maybe I'm kind of just cruising in the high-speed lane and shouldn't be there okay. rather than... Maybe I'm going a little too fast. Okay. Maybe I'm late. I got you. you. Know, I could have moments. Well, could I mean, be anything. Those, those are our you know? moments. Yeah, I got uh, you. But, or, you know, or I'm the, maybe I took a peek at the phone while I was at the red light and now it's been green for three seconds. That's a so big no, no, kids. Me, that's, that's, that's a beeping. Let's not be admitting to that one. That's a big no, no there, kids. Um, so the, but there are a lot of bad drivers out there just yes. to let you know. And so now that, that is, 
that is echoed mm. big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like there are a ton of people on the road. I, I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I feel like there are just a lot more people on the road than even before the pandemic uh, there were. I got something for you. I, hopefully I'll pay this off at some point. But I was thinking of this today. I went somewhere today, and I can tell you I probably would go here every, I don't know, three weeks, maybe four weeks in my normal life cycle, Okay. you know, Okay. Uh, over the last 10, 15 years. And in the pandemic, I think I went three times, and today was one of them. Uh, so I don't – but I, what I want to get at is what are you doing now? That you really haven't done in the last year much, mm-hmm. you know, or, or at least at the normal volume that you do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we have that as much in Florida because we were kind of doing everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, I feel like it. Now, some people's work really might have thrown them for a 180, you know, based on the pandemic. But um, so anyway, I, I wonder, I'll let you think about that. Kuz, you better be thinking about that, too. But I'll tell you, I had that experience today and I was it hit me. I was like, man. So much so that somebody that where works, you're at, or we got a guess. I'm going to tell you in a minute. No, oh, okay. But I, I'm right. just going to save it for a little bit. <laughs> you're going to have to people I, marinate on well, it. Yeah, I want you to think right. about it. I'm okay. giving you a little time to think. Okay. I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm right going to be honest. If this is the same thing when you said the the craziest things that you've eaten, and then you teased it for the next segment, and then it was a raw hot dog, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> yeah, because okay. you guys were with me. Right. On I mean, who, who who hasn't eaten an uncooked hot dog before? I'm just saying. I know, but I think a lot of people are grossed out by the uncooked hot dog. I'm just saying. A lot of people are grossed out by the cooked hot dog. I'm just saying, if you're tease this this better come with, some, <laughs> yeah. with something good behind I'm, it well, I'm this is more of... about you you better deliver i'm, at, I'm getting I'm, you, I'm, you to the I'm, test i'm eating a lot of carrots in the pandemic since the pandemic raw carrots yeah, yeah. ballsy yeah are ballsy. your eyes better no, uh, no actually they're horrible no yeah. not at all. Mine are getting my worse eyes by are horrible helmet. by the way if there's a lasik endorsement somewhere down the line Boom. like let's I'm, let's I'm, go i'm literally like we've got some feelers out there i'm literally waiting for an eye doctor to pop in <laughs> before i go <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yes <laughs> like, but I'm, I'm, i told him like listen we're getting close man mm-hmm. i mean i'm gonna have to go sooner or later yeah can't wait forever yeah I <laughs> mine mine so um with contacts you're you know you get a prescription and and so you get one for a year and they give you a bunch and that's supposed to last you a year well the last time i went i got them for six months okay. that was two years ago oh my god and i haven't gone back because i'm just making the contacts last longer than they should wow that's and i'm not getting good like for you, though, no it? well i don't know but probably not yeah. but i've been getting calls from like the company that i went to to get my eye appointment and they're like hey you're two years overdue for an appointment you probably should come in. And I'm like, oh, I still have some contacts left. And they're like, so you shouldn't, though. How long does, like, one pack of contacts, are they supposed to they're last? Supposed and how to, long do you make them last? They're supposed to last, like, oh, so I think they're supposed to be monthly. Okay. And I still have, like, five or six left. So you're going, like, every two, three months? Probably, just until I can't put them in without it hurting, yeah. Yeah, because that's what happens, Dang. right? It hurts. And they get dry really quickly. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I just buy I mean, eye drops, and then people at the at, here at work think something suspicious is going on because I'm putting eye drops in my eyes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something. So do, yeah. do, 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 right? Do you keep them moist then? Like you keep them like? Oh yeah, you got to keep them up. in like a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't. Steph, you know, Steph has contacts. To me, dude, and there, so I'll I'll to, I, there are contacts all over the house. Yeah. I mean, it's just like she must just like take them out of her and just like throw them on the Does ground. Does time there carry? Are, Do they no. wear contacts? No. There I'll, are days with that though, where like I'll be here sometimes, and like if I'm looking at the computer too much, I'll be like, I just want to rip my eyes out yeah. because yeah. they're so. I'm, dry. so I'm fortunate. I was thinking of it this weekend. We were at a, a softball tournament, and it was windy. Yeah. Like windy, windy, and it's all dark. That messes it up yeah. too. And I was like, gosh, I'm glad. I even said it out loud. So I was like, so glad I don't have contacts. I feel yeah. for you guys that do because it must just be very we were, irritable. Coos. We were down at the 90s Fest, right, uh, down in St. Augustine, and it was really windy. And I forget what band was that. It was like, I don't know, Coolio was on stage or something. Someone turns, someone turns to me and goes, are you crying because Coolio? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, my Gangster eyes are watering because it's windy as yeah, hell here. That, that Gangster Paradise sits, you never know. <laughs> so you have really crappy eyes on Coos, right? Oh, like, really bad. Yeah, yeah. So like, when you were a kid, did you sit in front of the TV and do all that stuff? Did you like look at the sun or not? I don't think I, I because like genetically that, bad. Well, because I think that, that was just always like growing up. It's like don't sit too close in front of the TV. Yeah, don't yeah. look up at the I sun. I how much of that matters. That's what I'm. I'm that's what I'm getting. I'm trying to see like my, so if you have such bad eyes. My dad had like now he has like readers, but before I don't think he ever needed them. My mom needed contacts. My guess is this thing, yeah. meaning the phone and the computers, have done more damage probably, probably. to my eyes in yeah. five to ten years than the TV and sitting there too is, close to anything probably or looking good. at the sun did the, um, in good. thirty-five I'm feeling, years. I'm, I'm feeling confident there, then. There that's is, my guess. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, a, that. I'm is, still looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> there is something to that blue light glasses, though. Like, like um. The oh, bl- just turn the blue light off on your phone. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, it's more like, the think, like I have one, two, three, four, five computer screens over here. Turn and, them all off. And uh, well, I can't. Yeah, you that, can. That literally. The screen. No blue light. My cell phone. No blue light, dude. We're uh, crushing it right well, now. I just get the glasses, and then you I don't, don't even know how change to do things. that. The glasses are awesome. Like the the most recent glasses that I've gotten have blue light protection in them, and That's like pretty convenient, you actually yeah. you you feel it. Like you, your eyes don't get as tired. Yeah. Listen, you guys want to talk Jacks for community party? <laughs> hey, dude, I you're the one that's I, opening I, up I let saying, us down. what's changed since the pandemic? What have you done recently? You so we're about following carrots. your lead right now, man. Until Koo's got us on carrots. It's I got you. Fault. I got you. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's 3:11, which means it's time to give away some tickets. Yeah. See, Koo's. I'm, I'm I'm all over this. You distracted me. I was gonna get the music for three. Le- I was. Uh, Go ahead, play a little if I you don't, want. I don't have it. That's the problem. Oh well, you got the rest of the week to do it. But every uh, day at three eleven this week, we will uh, give away a couple of tickets to. Well, you guessed it. The band three eleven. They are coming to Daly's place on September twenty second, and so wouldn't before you can buy them contest. Well, not just them. It's for the the Hell Omega tour, isn't it? Now that I don't think so. No, because oh, it wasn't the Hell Mega Tour. Listen, I don't Goose. know. Read the damn email. I don't read well, no, emails. We're, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're in a meeting I'm already today. having a hard time. I mean, I almost called him 311. So, I mean, well, don't, 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 do don't, don't do that. that. <laughs> don't do that now. Please call 311. Um, the, the, the Hell Mega Tour, in case you were listening in the, the group meeting today, we, it was Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Weezer. That's the other announcement. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. It's all good, this man. guy knows every concert going on. I mean, it's amazing. Well, I mean, I, Listen, I, we, I love concerts regardless. To, to, but... to Austin's point, we got thrown like 17 concerts at our face today. So, yeah, there's a lot I'm going all over on. the place. There's a lot going on. How about on. you just call 904 362 9901 and let's just make it caller number three for 311? Yep. Could make it 311. But, Please don't. But yeah. after this first 10 minutes, there's no way 311 people are listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> caller number three, 904-362-9901. couple of tickets. Uh, Daly's Place, September 22nd uh, this fall. So make sure uh, you can 
Get some tickets, and you can listen at 311 every day this week, and uh, we'll give away a couple of tickets. Doesn't John Bachman know a guy? No, no, it's a long story, never mind. He knows a guy from 311. Is it 311? Yeah. Didn't... I think I've heard the story before, yeah, but yeah. it's 311. I'm pretty sure it was 311. All right. I don't know. I mean, I, one of us to what John Bachman says all the time. Apparently, you don't. I could have swore that was the thing. I certainly don't. <laughs> I think he talked about it on the on show occasion. one time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe Jag- I'm wrong. Jags rookie uh, minicamp mm-hmm. over the weekend. It's in the books, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hey, let's just say, I told you this before, they're going to get all this over-dramatization of, oh my gosh, you know, everything, which is kind of fun because we've been waiting for this. But I do think, I genuinely think it was pretty cool to see Trevor Lawrence in a Jags jersey. Sure. You know, out on the football field. Yeah. Yeah, He's a little limited, we'll talk about that. But, I mean, it is, it's going to be something that the fan base is going to thirst over. The, The media was invited out there for like an hour. There'll be a couple of sessions in OTAs. Obviously, this isn't going to be public practice just yet. We'll see what they do with training camp. Hopefully, it'll be have a chance to be open, unlike last year. But... I mean, really, you can feel it for the fan base. They were just excited to see pictures mm-hmm. of Trevor Lawrence, video of Trevor Lawrence on the field. We've heard from him. We know he's the number one draft pick. But to see him in that red jersey wearing number 16 and throwing the ball around a little bit, uh, that uh, I think it was a cool day for the Jags. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, real. it's a real thing. And uh, we'll talk about some of the storylines coming out of camp. But uh, Trevor Lawrence continues to be the big story. Uh, that he is out there and throw the football. There were a couple of really good snapshots that were like, hey, that's cool. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, after all the different quarterbacks that they've tried to run out there over the last decade, uh, this is one that many people believe will be the only quarterback for the next decade yeah. that the Jaguars will uh, run out there. And uh, we got a chance to see him. Uh, over the weekend. And we got a little breaking news coming from John Shipley. The Jaguars announced that they have waived third-year running back Raquel Armstead. Armstead, obviously the former fifth-round pick uh, out of Temple, um, has been waived, and now that roster is set at 89, meaning that there's a spot open, meaning that my trial at tight end should hopefully happen in the next couple days, and maybe they can give me a shot. Yeah, still no Tim Tebow, although uh, Urban Meyer did say yes uh, Saturday that they'll probably make a decision on it on Sunday. And Jags have announced that, by the way. Jalen Camp signed his rookie deal, mm-hmm. and so with that comes a release, and Raquel Armstead uh, gets released. Now, remember, Raquel Armstead, very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, really with COVID-19 got hit hard. Yes. Uh, And the whole story kind of quiet, even to this day, Mm -hmm. but certainly had effects from it. And I don't know how much he, going forward, uh, was planning on playing, going to be able to play, making a comeback, where his whole situation is. Again, very quiet on that front. But uh, Raquel Armstead, who had some nice moments and showed some things, uh, you know, now uh, released by the Jacksonville Jaguars as they kind of remake that running back room a little bit, especially with the addition of uh, Travis Etienne. Jalen Camp, there was, a, I think it was uh, Logan uh, Bowles who, who takes the pictures for the Jags, or, or a lot of them. Um, not the only one. Rick Wilson does, too. But there was a great picture of Jalen Camp, man. Mm. I showed Ty that picture. It's like, that guy, that guy looks just what a physical specimen, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's just some players, even in the NFL, everybody's good and physical and, and looks the part and mm-hmm. athletic. And Jalen Camp, you look at this picture and it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, he is huge. And um, we'll see what it get out of Jalen Camp. It'll be a fun guy to follow. Not really an immediate impact guy. I think the Jags have already imp- uh, had mentioned that. Uh, Urban Myers mentioned that. But Jalen Camp gets signed. 
uh, rookie wide receiver out of uh, Georgia Tech. So uh, overall, you you said it's me like everybody's talking about it, right? Jags minicamp, whether it's ETN, uh, whether what's going <laughs> to well, happen. That with, seems to be the big story. Yeah, ETN's yeah. A, the, the big story, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. Um, but but first, more on Trevor. No surprise that uh, what everybody wants to refer to as a pitch count, it's really less of a pitch count in terms of his throwing Mm -hmm. than it is just watch out that he doesn't get hurt. I thought it was very interesting, Urban Meyer, talking about even giving a handoff and Mm -hmm. taking a snap. They just don't want to jam the non-throwing shoulder because that's what it was. It was a non-throwing shoulder. He can throw the football fine. Yeah, It's more just putting any excess pressure on that shoulder that's still recovering from uh, the labrum surgery. And, you know, it's three-month recovery, and, and we're, we're here on that. But there's just no reason to have any kind of setback at this time of year. And by the time camp rolls around, it'll be no problem whatsoever fully healed. That's why Trevor did it. You know, that's why he did it in the timetable that he did it. But uh, he can still throw the football. I think it's less – pitch count is more like, well, he can only throw so many times in practice. Mm-hmm. I guess pitch count wise, you can only take so many reps because of of the shoulder. Uh, but this has a different feel of it. I mean, I, this feels more limited than it does like pitch count to me. No, I mean it's limited, but I mean it's for the the smart reasons why. You know, I mean I, I had the exact same shoulder surgery, and, and when they do, they call it a slap tear. When they put anchors down in your labrum. Um, yeah, after a couple months, you're going to feel fine, but your mobility is going to be off of a little bit. And when we're talking about his non-throwing shoulder, yeah, I mean, you can still throw the football, and that's fantastic. But in terms of receiving those handoffs and things like that, like that's – I'm sorry, giving those handoffs and receiving the snaps, that's going to feel different because your shoulder, once again, it, it, it may feel like it's 100%. You may not have pain, but it's going to be stiff than you're more accustomed to, and the strength like at 100% be there right now just because you're going through surgery. Anytime you have surgery, the recovery time, is going to be there. So I think that's what Urban Meyer is implementing right now, easing Trevor Lawrence back into it, which he should because you're, you know, you're not going to, with all due respect to the, this team, but Trevor Lawrence throwing 100%, you know, 100 balls a day is not going to give him the Super Bowl right now. Trevor Lawrence rehabbing that shoulder, making sure it's 100%, uh, you know, by the preseason, that's where the Super Bowl is going to come into play because that's what the goal is for, obviously. I know there's a long ways to go, though, but that's what the mentality should be. So I, I think it's, I mean, it's a great call. He's still getting all his mental reps, still going through the the meetings and all that stuff, still on the field around his teammates. Just, you know, like you said, there's a pitch count a little bit, and that's okay. What do you think uh, Trevor Lawrence could even accomplish as a first impression this past weekend? I mean, anything? Is there is there anything for him to already lay the groundwork? They have like 18 guys out there. They're all young players. Obviously, he's the most ballyhooed player they have and, and one of the most in franchise history coming in. Uh, he's he's been with the coaches. He's working with Schottenheimer. He's working with Bevel on the offense, soaking all that up. I don't think any of those kind of things that you hear from Urban Meyer over the weekend are a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I I almost get the sense that uh, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer are on the same page in this respect. They're like, hey, we get it that you're, you're this team was one in fifteen, but we don't we don't sit around here and and build. We go win. <laughs> like, And they're trying to push that message. If you listen to the news conferences, that's the message they're pushing. And also Trevor Lawrence, too, buying right into it. And it's like, hey, right around, hit the ground, run. We got stuff here to go go win. And, yeah. and we're going to set that tone. I, I think that's the only thing I've really seen so far. I wonder if there is more behind the scenes. And a little bit of that is get off the pedestal of being the number one pick. And I'm Trevor Lawrence. And not that he's saying that, but everybody else is saying that. And kind of be like, hey, I'm, I'm one of 18 in the rookie class. Or, or I'm one of 90 here in the locker room. Or 89 right now until maybe Debo comes. But yeah. uh, I think 
that's the sense I get that he's trying to accomplish here in the early days um, in, in a Jags uniform. The biggest thing right now Trevor Lawrence can do on the field is build that rapport with his wide receivers. Now, once again, it was a rookie mini camp, so that's few and far between. But even with Travis Etienne, you know, working out at wide receiver, well, that gives you the shot to build a little more rapport. Yes, they played college football together, but let's be honest. What Urban Meyer is going to ask Travis Etienne is probably going to be a little different than what he was asked to do at Clemson. I think Jalen Camp was at the rookie mini camp. Yeah. Build the rapport with him a little bit. Like, that's where, you know, you can start building the rapport, building the communications, all of this stuff. That's what, what this, these camps are intended for. And also your offensive linemen as well. You know, get to know those big uglies up front because they're going to be protecting you when the game's on the line. We got a winner for those tickets. Phone was ringing like crazy. Christopher. Yeah. Nice job, Christopher. Way to get in. 311 fans out there. Now remember, 311 the rest of the week to start the show, giving away some tickets. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are right. You just kind of had like this uh, silent moment. It's like this wry smile here. No, we're good. <laughs> How are those carrots doing, Coos? They're good, man. Yeah, good. They're good. <laughs> hey, I brought Coos's wedding present today. Nice. Nice. I also saw Nicole today. Oh, how's she oh, doing? I haven't a, seen her all weekend. You're a guys? I was at yeah, Tom Clough and Jay Fund this cool, morning. Cool, I went cool. out uh, bright and early. Right on. I, I didn't play it. I was just out there getting uh, some. Um, doing some work, Coos. Yeah, she was. She had her uh, member guests this weekend, so I've been yeah, seen her Yeah, she said Friday. she was pretty busy. Are we going to unveil the gift later today? Or what's yeah, the plan? I mean, you got to unwrap that sucker. Get it. I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like I feel like whether you want to FaceTime Nicole at the same time you can, but I feel like because I saw her today, today's a good day to do it. I like it. She's here in okay. spirit with us. She probably gets her on the show. Do we have some like video we can put on there too while you're opening it? Of course. Yeah, we can make it. Or we'll, we'll just take your word for it. Yeah, we're, we're just giving you more jobs. All right, Travis Etienne, exclusively wide receiver. Yeah. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is mm. Urban Meyer out of his mm. mind? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. All right, should we be surprised? Where are we going with this one? Etienne. Go catch some passes. <laughs> catch us on the other side. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Happy to have you with us here on a Monday. Brent Martineau. How many push-ups did you do in three minutes? Did you try the challenge? Austin Lane. I, I don't need lactic acid build up when I'm in fight camp. Brent, you kidding me? Take my word for it. I've been more than you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, we're trying. If you saw, Travis was getting most of his reps today at wide receiver. Um, we're trying, you know, he's the leading rusher in ACC history, so for him to run inside zone and power and zone right now, we thought let's just, uh, at the worst case scenario, you have a running back with skill set of a wide receiver. Best case scenario, you have a, a hybrid player that can do both, and that's what we're hoping to develop out of Travis. That is Urban Meyer over the weekend talking about Travis Etienne, 25th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. He is a Jacksonville Jaguar. Is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Is he both? <laughs> Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane. Coos as well here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Had a good weekend, everybody. Weather's been unbelievable. Uh, rookie minicamp in the books Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now they kind of get everybody together. They just signed Jalen Camp, the rookie. They let Raquel Armstead go. Uh, so keeping uh, one spot open, we would believe. For Tim Tebow, when is that going to be official? Who knows? We'll keep our eye on it. Uh, but I will tell you this. Tebow was supposed to, I think, was supposed to be in the Tom Coughlin J Fun Golf Tournament today, and he wasn't. Yeah. So maybe that's an indicator of... Probably trying some pads out or something. <laughs> it might have been getting yeah. <laughs> paperwork Trying that helmet on. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. It might have been getting paperwork done. Sure. Uh, but 
This is a big story out of the weekend, this exclusively at wide receiver. Urban Meyer got criticized for it by some. Uh, by the way, just to let you know, Urban Meyer is going to be criticized a lot by the some of the national folks. I was thinking about this day. Mm-hmm. I think there will be some people that will, like, their job will be exclusively to write negative things about Urban <laughs> Meyer as head coach of the NFL. Uh, as I mean, long as there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, like, I, I think there will be, listen, there are people like that, right? I mean, uh, it's called a critic. Sure. Right, and I think Urban Meyer has his critics to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think Urban Meyer to the NFL has its critics as well, and I think every move Urban Meyer does will, you know, first of all, you can be critical whether it was Urban Meyer or not, mm-hmm. but I think it will carry a little more juice. I, I think people will say, "Hey, this is worth the the time to print, you know, or mm-hmm. tweets or put on a website, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is going to gain some traction.' It's Urban Meyer, and let's rip him a little bit. I think there's going. To, I was thinking of it today. I, said, I think there will be more of that than we've seen, probably from any other head coach in recent memory. Now, Tom Coughlin probably came with a little bit of that, but after winning two Super Bowls, I don't know if he came with as much of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think there was just somebody saying, "Hey, let's let's just criticize Tom Coughlin at every turn." Sure, uh, I think Urban Meyer will carry a little bit more, and there's more to criticize him because he's never been to the NFL. Other stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, exclusive at wide receiver. What was your thought when you heard it? Yeah, obviously, listen, Urban Meyer's done a great job of being transparent. We we've all praised him for doing that. This to me is a sense that he's being transparent, but he didn't phrase it the best way because if you go back to the quote of what he said, yeah, I mean, they, they they took that quote and rolled with it, but what should have been explained is the fact that it's just a rookie mini camp. Now when you hear rookie mini camp, you think, all right, there's like 30, 40, you know, guys trying out, trying to make this team and all that stuff. That wasn't the case. Now I wasn't there watching this, but I assume there was what, maybe 20 guys tops, 18, 18 guys. So two or three offensive linemen at the very most, Travis Etienne, a quarterback who's got a bum shoulder who can't, can't make hand, anyway. who can't make handoffs. <laughs> so like, if you're Travis Etienne, how do you get? Like, I understand. Okay, take your handoffs. But guess what? He's a former collegiate running back coming to the NFL. I think he knows how to take a handoff, especially from a quarterback who he played with in college. So that's not the issue. But if you don't have a full offensive line and you just want him to go through like the, you know, like the barrels that they have out there, you just want him to do walk through ups on the barrels the entire time. That does nothing for Travis Etienne, does nothing for this team. So they put him at wide receiver. Now, I'm not sure going forward when it's a full training camp, what that's going to look like. But from this mini camp, this rookie mini camp, I have zero problem with it. Because I'd rather have a guy who's going to be featured in the pass game. I would rather have a guy like that in Travis Etienne take those routes, get those receptions, get acclimated to that, as opposed to a guy who's on air the entire time going through half speed, taking handoffs. And that's what the national media failed to realize is that's what was occurring here, right? Because all we had to go off of was, well, Travis Etienne's a wide receiver now. He's not playing running back. That's what the national media took, and that's what they rolled with. They, they weren't there at training camp. They don't know what's going on. They know there's only 18 guys at that rookie minicamp. They think it's a full minicamp. So that's where the miscommunication came in. It's not an urban mire to, to address it, I guess. But at the end of the day, if you want to be super transparent, well, then I would tell him why he was taking those wide receiver reps as opposed to those running back reps. Yeah, and I think he kind of did. You heard that sound bite. He said, hey, the worst comes to worst. We'll have a, a hybrid guy, or the best-case mm-hmm. scenario is this, you know. But the bottom line is, folks, when he got drafted, 
to me, right away, the most the reason they drafted him was for the passing game, not necessarily the running game. That does not mean he won't get handoffs. That does not mean he won't be a running back at times. But the reason he changes your offense, mm. the reason why you spend a first-round pick on him is not because he can run between the tackles. You have that guy. Yeah. It's because he can be dynamic. It makes you tough to defend. Big plays, speed, those kind of things. Get him in space. I mean, first of all, this this makes sense on a lot of levels because of what you just said. I mean, the, the lack of bodies around right now. Get him where you want to utilize him, especially in, in year one, especially early in his career. But this should come as no surprise that the Jaguars want to utilize Travis Etienne in the passing game. In fact... The people that have said, and I've seen this written and I've seen this talked about, that Travis Etienne will be the number one back by like the middle of the season, I don't buy it. I think they like James Robinson. The people that were concerned, like, what about James Robinson? He did so well. You tra- you drafted Travis Etienne. I'm not telling you that there is not any impact on James Robinson, but I think it's minimal. I think this all helps James Robinson. James Robinson should not be carrying it 93% of the time for running backs for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He should not get that many touches. They needed more depth. They needed another option. Mm -hmm. They needed to be more dynamic. So uh, this is a great story coming out of rookie minicamp. It got a lot of headlines, a lot of attention because of the word exclusive. When they said it word exclusively Mm -hmm. being used right now at wide receiver, that was the thing that kind of, listen, exclusive is a big word in our business to begin with. And then Urban Meyer said it. It was like, whoa, how? Wait, he's they're turning him into a receiver. Yeah. It's like, well, they drafted him to be dynamic in that element of the game. You know, in college, in his last two years, 37 catches, 207 rushes, 48 catches, 168 rushes. I mean, the guy caught a lot of passes at Clemson. It was part of his game. Mm -hmm. Now, I told you and I told anybody that will listen, don't be surprised that in year one, if he catches almost as many passes as he does rush runs it. Now sure. that's probably a little absurd because I think that's kind of hard to do, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. You know, that that he's going to catch the ball a lot I think in this offense. That's what they have a vision for him. And that does not mean he'll never run the ball. That does not mean that that someday he becomes the number 1 back. Mm-hmm. You know, James Robinson does have to prove it again. I mean, he had a great year. Nobody knew anything about him. They got some tape on him, all this stuff. They're going to sure. focus on him a little more. Sure, he has to prove it still. He's he got to do it because somebody's always after your job if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. But I think this is uh, – I think all this still makes a ton of sense to me. I think what got everybody's attention was the word exclusive. Well, two things, though. So when, when he was drafted, Urban Meyer told us he was going to be the third down back. He did, yeah. They, so, I mean, when we hear third, I mean, third down back, well, we think third down back. And I get like you have him at wide receiver right now because once again it it it's nothing to have him there running you know running reps on air against trash cans because you don't even have a full offensive line or defensive line to go through. I get that point, but are we talking about Travis Etienne catching balls out of the backfield as a third down back, or are we talking about Travis Etienne as now a full bona fide wide receiver? Because to me that's completely different, and I'm not sure what to think about that. We do know that Urban Meyer wanted Kadarius Tony. Now, whether that's a smokescreen or not, I believe it. I think Urban Meyer wanted to get Kadarius Tony. What I worry about is if they're trying to turn Travis Etienne into what they wanted in Kadarius Tony. Because to me, they're two different guys. All right. I mean, they're, they're, they're similar speed, ag- agility, all that stuff. But Travis Etienne's still running back at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And I think he could be a hell of a third down back and probably could be a hell of a bell cow in, in a couple years if you want to provide him with that type of, you know, narrative. We'll see. But 
What I want to see going forward, though, is I'm curious to see, is he going to be a full-fledged wide receiver, or is he going to be the third down back that Urban Meyer talked about? Well, I I would almost be disappointed if he's exclusively used as a third down back. I think, now, what would you say from a creative standpoint? Is Third down usually is the down where you probably get most creative. You almost have to be. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if that's true. I just feel like it is because that's. You're trying to stay on the field, mm-hmm. more deception. First couple of downs, you're really trying to stay ahead of the chains. Like they, the NFL believes in that so much. I mean, football believes in that, but the NFL really believes like there is a huge difference between third and six and third and four. Yeah. You're right. And so that they are trying to stay ahead of the sticks. And so a couple, that's why people run on first and second down sometimes. It drives people crazy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think. I'm not telling you the first play from scrimmage in 2021, Travis Etienne is going to be out there in, in the slot. Hmm. But I would guarantee on first and second down, sometime in that game, he's going to be in the slot a couple of times. I, I believe that. I really mm-hmm. do. And then I believe he'll be your guy in the backfield on third down. Like when you say third down back, that's the guy in your backfield. But I'm thinking slot, in motion, other things on first and second down for ETN. Like you, you spent a first round pick on the guy. Like, sure. I hope that's the case. That's what I'm envisioning uh, for him. I, I think we also. Third down back, like the way we on the outside in terms of football label it, and I know Urban said third down back, but mm-hmm. the way we label and have this vision of football, first of all, football's really evolved in the sure. last few years from an sure. offensive standpoint. And we really don't know the vision that these guys have, this collective unit of Urban, Bevel, Schottenheimer, guys with a lot of NFL experience, offensive-minded guys in Urban in the college game. He's been super successful and super successful with this kind of player, this dynamic player. So... I think it's hard for us to gauge that, but I, I got to be honest with you, man. I'd be surprised if, if in game one, let's just say against Houston, that he's exclusively used as a third down back. I, I'd be almost disappointed in that. I want to see him in first and second down in other spots uh, yeah. in, in and out of there a little bit. Yeah, I would want to see him if it works. Well, but once true. again, I, I mean, listen, we won't know until we see it. Yeah, we're not going to know until <laughs> we see it. But once again, I mean, what are we? what did we – what were we critical of last year with this coaching staff? It was putting Caleb on chase on with his hand in the dirt. It didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking about taking a first round running back who you said was going to be a third down back, and now we're going to move him possibly to you know playing in the slot, running routes out the slot a little bit. Once again, it, it, it could very well work. Um, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I'll have to see what it looks like. But like once again, we're in that conversation right now, yeah. and, and we'll see how it pans out. See, I, I guess I just envision more of the third down back for ETN out of the backfield because I take a guy like, for instance, let's go back to Reggie Bush, one of the one of the greatest dynamic athletes of all time out of college football. Reggie Bush goes to the New Orleans Saints, and what do they do with him? He's he's a third down back. How many receptions did he have his rookie year? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight receptions. Out of the backfield, you know, and like that's a guy where you can say. How many did he have? I'll have to look uh, that up. What's a good call? Yeah, I can look at. Um, man, I, I can. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, look yeah. it up. Uh, one fifty-five. So he had one hundred fifty-five carries and eighty-eight receptions. Correct. As like a third down back. Uh, in New Orleans. I, I believe so. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was an every down back, but I think if you had 88 receptions, you're probably more of a third down back. Whatever the case may be. But yeah, I mean, he had obviously a high workload. But like I don't remember New Orleans putting him like in the slot and stuff to get him the ball. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just that's being a third down back. It's what it can provide for you. Now, obviously, Urban Meyer wants to take some of his college philosophies, what he had with Percy Harvin, and he wants to use them in the NFL. The biggest question we have to ask is if that's going to work. Even. Yeah. All right. Because once again, the game in the NFL is different. 
Yeah, the thing I would ask, it's funny you mentioned New Orleans and Reggie Bush, but the, yeah. the guy that we think that he might compare to a little bit is a guy like Alvin Kamara. Correct. Right? And Kamara does go out in the slot sometimes. Doesn't he? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I mean you, yeah, he, you're going to do anything gonna, you can yeah. to get to win a matchup, sure, right? Sure, I mean, sure, Whatever you got to do. Maybe it's even he starts, but then he goes in motion and then yeah. he's out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the what I envision. I mean, we're probably getting a little too technical, but however you can get him. And I think ETN even said, it, hey, if I can line up with a, if I can get matchup with a linebacker, or he mentioned yeah. the word matchups, that's what it comes down to. How do you make that happen? Yeah. Do you make that happen just on third down? Can you make it happen on first down, second yeah. down as well? That'll be up to the Jaguars, but that's the way I envision it. I'd be, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd be disappointed if they don't at least try some of those things with them because sure. I think that's why they spent the 25th overall pick. If they were just strictly going to go get the guy that you're going to run out there on third and whatever, I feel like they could have got that guy in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. Um, I feel like that. I mean, Alvin Kamara was a third rounder, and look yeah. what he evolved into. <laughs> so, but, but, but yeah, keep in mind, look what Alvin Kamara started from, though, as well. Yeah, I mean, he was probably primarily the third down back out of the backfield. He was, yeah, and, and he's evolved into it. So yeah. it, it, the evolution of ETN will be unbelievable to watch. I mean, yeah. it's really one of the keys. It, it'll validate the pick, or it will say, well, they're crazy for picking a running back at number twenty-five. With all the other needs, you know, and I think it also will showcase what they're trying to do offensively here in Jacksonville and set the tone uh, with Urban Meyer, uh, Bevel and Schottenheimer. Uh, we'll take a break uh, when we come back. Uh, more talk, of course, from Jags minicamp that is on the way and a little sunshine and rainbows from the weekend. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we got that on the way, too, on ESPN 690. Great. Uh, yesterday was our first day. Had a good day with all the rookies and um, just getting out there and, you know, putting things together physically. You know, we've been working the past few days mentally and just getting ready. Um, all the guys kind of, you know, we're going on install. So kind of thinking a lot, but it's it feels really good to get out there and get some reps all together. So I know the guys are excited about that. We've had two good two good days. I mean, there's only so much you can do with, you know, only you know 15 guys or so. But uh, I think we've made the most of it. You know, everyone has the right mentality. And it's been a very productive two days. I know for me, I feel like I'm in a way better spot than I was before that first practice. So I feel like I'm getting ready and just really excited, not only for tomorrow, but then to get all the vets in here and um, just to get to know them and get to work with them. Phase by phase, step by step, it's like something new and and then the acclimation process and Urban Meyer now getting all the players together and we'll see how many, right? It's voluntary, yeah. but uh, there's a good, there's a lot of participation. Just a, something out of Miami where I think uh, they said uh, Flores kind of negotiated with the players to do kind of less from an exertion standpoint, but they had a lot of players show up, like 70 of them, mm-hmm. just from the learning stage, one people around, Yeah, you know, and I, that was interesting. I wonder how much of that's going on between teams and coaches and players, but, you know, almost since day one of this thing back in mid-April, the Jacks had high numbers of participation. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean everybody, but mandatory minicamp will be about uh, a month away. And so still an acclimation process for the rookies, including Trevor Lawrence. But it's fun. I mean, this is a this is part of it over the next month and then and take about five or six weeks off and boom, it's in. It's mm-hmm. on. The whole thing is is ready to go. And and now we get to see what all uh, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence and everybody else has been putting together. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Let's get Steven in real quick. I think on ETN. What's up, man? Hope you had a good weekend. Yeah, I had a pretty good one. How about yourself? Good, man. All right, uh, before I ask my question, Austin, you got to sit down with Jordan Smith, tell him the responsibility 
of wearing the number 92 jersey. <laughs> you got to teach them the responsibility and make it a great number again. Good point. You, you know what the funny part is? Is I saw a picture with, I think Logan might have posted that one with, with him and Joe Cullen obviously yelling at him through like the get-off drills. I'm like, dude, I immediately got flashed back to 2010 uh, because, you know, we kind of have a very similar build and whatnot. So it was crazy to see that picture of him. Who did it better? Hopefully he can rock it better than I did even. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but my main question with the Travis Etienne, he, he, uh, Urban made a comment uh, a little bit after the draft about uh, his plans for Travis Etienne. Mind you, uh, I understand, you know, didn't really have much to work with at training camp, so of course, get your reps at uh, the receiver position. But could you guys possibly see uh, Urban made the comment about maybe running some split back formations, having Robinson and Etienne out there at the same time? Maybe in the shotgun formation, motion ETN out, kind of like Alvin Kamara. And the best thing Trevor Lawrence really, really excelled at was just RPOs. As Austin would say, keeping the defense honest, keeping them guessing, hey, am I going to ground and pound it with James Robinson, or can I flip it out to ETN on the short route, or maybe even one of the receivers? Yeah, thank- you guys possibly see them considering that? Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate the call, and I, I like where you're going there, and I think – Heck yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, wouldn't yeah. you do that? I mean, that is kind of the when, – when he had drafted, people were talking James – that's what they brought up. They brought James Robinson, uh, in Travis Etienne, Mark yeah. Ingram, and Alvin Kamara, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of where our minds went. Everybody's did. Yeah. So when we talk about the RPO offense, I'm glad Stephen brought this up a little bit. We always think about Sean McVay, RPO, right? Well, look back to actually Sean Payton. And look what he did for the RPO, right? And when we talk about when New Orleans had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, they did have them um, lined up together in the backfield. And then what would happen? Drew Brees strikes to the sideline. He says, okay, we have another linebacker out there. Let's put Kamara in motion. Or they have a cornerback, an extra corner in nickel, so let's keep Kamara in and let's run the football. That can be an advantage. That can keep the defense on their heels a little bit, depending what the defense gives you. That's the beauty of the RPO, and that could be the beauty if you have a guy in Travis Etienne who's a big-time receiving threat out of the backfield, or if he goes in motion like Kamara did when they were, you know, when obviously the defense is undermanned with an extra linebacker in. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, that'd be I. <laughs> that'd be great, right? If if you could have a New York, a New Orleans Saints kind of Look, well, I mean, that, that, that was the whole premise. That, that, that was the whole premise of them keeping, hang on to Mark Ingram as long as they did. Because you had Alvin Kamara. You knew he was going to be special. But it was in those moments when you saw, okay, they have an extra linebacker in when they probably should have a nickel guy in. Let's put Kamara in motion. Let's get a mismatch. Let's make it happen. Yeah, and by the way, it's one of the most successful offenses of the last decade. Sure. If you look at it, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and had some different variations to it. Mm-hmm. But definitely uh, one of the most successful. Hey, it's Sunshine and Rainbows time, if you know me. Uh, well, I'm your Sunshine and Rainbows <laughs> president, owner, CEO, and all the rest. How about a bad story that at least got better today? Uh, did you see this story with Austin Pease, uh, John Terrius Bryant? Yeah, did no, you see that? Uh, I did. I don't feel sorry for him because they're our biggest rival in college football oh, from yeah. Murray State. So I actually laughed when this you, happened. You will feel bad for him. Though. Yeah. Uh, this was terrible. It was a mm-hmm. hoax deal. We got a call from a 404 number thought was invited that was inviting him mm-hmm. to the Atlanta Falcons uh, for minicamp, rookie mm-hmm. minicamp. And he actually showed up mm-hmm. and it was all a hoax. I mean, that was unbelievable. First of all. 
what are we doing, people? Really? <laughs> I mean, uh, and he put out really a heartfelt message on social media. Yeah. And you really felt bad for the guy. Put him in a, a tough and awkward position. Mm-hmm. But the hub has offered him a spot for an upcoming event. That's a developmental league. I hadn't heard much about. But sure. think about the spring league that's out there right now in yep. the hub. And this has actually been a stepping stone for a player or two to get an opportunity in the NFL. So yeah. there's a happy ending to that story. Therefore, sunshine and rainbows. Listen, even though he's an Austin P. Colonel, I do feel bad for him because I, I told this story before on the show. The exact same thing happened to me when I was uh, in high school. My friends called from a private number, um, said they're the University of Illinois, offered me a full scholarship to come play tight end. Uh, I celebrated. I called my family. I was excited. I was going to be a fighting Illini. I didn't even care. And then a day later, I found out that was a joke. Wow. Because my friends uh, made a joke. That's just awful that it happened. Yeah, but funny. at least this one turned out well. It turned yeah. out okay for you, too, Austin. Yeah, Lane. defensive hey, end, but yeah. It can turn out for you as well. Are you looking for a job? A1A Solar is looking for you. About $70,000. It's a reasonable first-year expectation. Seasoned reps can easily make six figures. Leads provided to you as well. Health, dental, 401k benefits. A1A Solar, a tremendous company. Visit A1ASolar.com. If you're looking for a gig... Good paying gig, good company. A1A Solar. Visit A1A Solar.com. We'll be right back on ESPN 690.